Welcome, Sacred Silence. This is Sue Ellen Jones, and I am your host. I just want to welcome you to this podcast. I want you to feel that you can contact me at any time. I have an email, or you can text me, and all of that will be in my notes. Also, if you want better description and something you can even print out, that will always be in my notes so that you will have a permanent hard copy of that meditation. And so today I'm just welcoming you, glad that you're here. Know that you're here because you're curious or you are a meditator, but you're curious at least about meditation and what is it. So I have put together simple meditations to get you through your day, but to empower you to a greater life, a happier life, a life of ease, where you feel grounded, you feel the joy, you feel moments of joy, and you learn that you're not a victim, but you're an overcomer. There is a a power within each of us to overcome. So, without further ado, um, listen for this advertisement that will follow And uh, consider doing your own podcast, by the way. (laughs) And I'll be right back. Welcome to Sacred Silence. This is Sue Ellen Jones, and I am your host. Today we want to talk about what I think is really, really important. Why bother meditating? Why? Is it just another practice? Is it another tool on your tool belt? Or is it the tool belt itself? You see, for many years I practiced my Christianity through prayers, praise, gathering together, reading the Word, studying, and practicing the <clears throat> what I consider the, the Christian life, you know, with others um, and returning good for evil and, and various things like that. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. That is all very good. But I will say this. It certainly isn't an end in itself. And I will tell you why. Behind every practice, there has to be a passion. And behind every passion is a deep-rooted Belief. Now, <clears throat> it was Jesus who said, only believe. What did he want you to believe? He wanted you to believe, to put it in succinct terms that include a lot, <laughs> believe that God is the God of the impossible. That's it. That includes every darn thing, doesn't it? There's nothing left out. But in my experience, I felt that there was so much in me that was praying because I felt I needed to. I should. There was a lot of me that believed that prayer changed things except. I had a lot of accepts. And frankly, the real part of me that 
didn't participate in the life of God was simply because I did not see myself through his eyes at all. The practices I was using of prayer, praise, of reading, of all of these things had not entered my heart soul to the point that I saw myself as an incorruptible seed in the earth, to the point where I saw myself and experienced myself as made in his image. I did not experience Christ in me. I did not experience that I was a temple. My body was perfect and pristinely made. And it was perfect and it was the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I simply did not experience that. But I I would say I believed that. If anyone asked me, of course I would believe that. That was a very basic Christian doctrine, as as were salvation in Christ and, you know, the being resurrected and all the basic doctrines. That was one of them that I understood, at least only on the surface level. But what hadn't transpired in me was the word transformation. I was still a caterpillar clinging to a twig. I was still eating leaves. Something in me said, well, there's more than this, and you are reaching higher. (laughs) You're going to go higher. And I think there was something in me that believed that, but almost reluctantly and afraid to truly imagine it or to see it in my own mind's eye, and see it with such conviction and such certainty that it was real for me before it was actually real, if you understand what I mean. There is a peace that passes understanding. That means you don't understand it. It means that you're peaceful in a situation that is really not peaceful. <laughs> it, and, and it also, hearkening back to all the promises of God that... Uh, by his stripes we are healed. Any way you might understand that. <clears throat> Some people understand that metaphorically. They don't understand that to be um, a historical event. It doesn't matter how you understand it. What is it supposed to mean? You see, we have fought and bickered about whether it's metaphorical, whether it's real, whether it's historical, and we've missed the entire point of what does it really mean. What does it mean to have Christ in us as our hope of glory? What does that really, really mean? And so when I discovered the movement up in Toronto called the Soaking Movement, that really opened me up to my spirit realm for the first time. So what was soaking was a funny term, and it just kind of the... the, image that it presents is when I used to teach soaking, I actually had people say, am I going to get wet? (laughs) And metaphorically, yes, but not in actuality, of course. So it was just people lying down, being perfectly still, opening up their hearts and minds to what God had for them. And, And he rained down 
his thoughts, his impressions, his life, his love, all the wonderful kindnesses of God, the promises of God, and so many things were born in me out of soaking. I have to say unequivocally that through soaking, I feel that I was in really, really kind of <laughs> born again. When Jesus said to Nicodemus, who asked him, what does it mean to be born again? Does a, a man or a woman enter into his mother's womb and be born a second time? And Jesus says, now, have you been a Pharisee for so long and you don't know these things? Well, you know, we could say that to the church today. <clears throat> we could say, have we all been part of the Christian movement and we don't know these things? Then he answered the question. He says, you see the wind and you see how it moves the leaves. You see the wind and you see how it moves the leaves, but you cannot tell from where it came or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born from above or born again, born of the Spirit. It's not a very concrete, nailed-down answer. It, it certainly didn't suggest that anything about a, a particular prayer. It didn't say, it just said, this is what it looks like. When I think of a butterfly, why do you think it is the, the image of this particular transformation, this born again? Why? Because that little caterpillar changed into the wind and and you could see that this beautiful butterfly came out of something you can watch it flow and you can watch it fly but there's such a mysticism about the butterfly as to how in the world it got that way there was <laughs> if you see what i'm saying even the scientists that little worm that a little it's starting as a larva and pupa and all of that and eventually grows into a caterpillar eats and eats and eats <laughs> you know taste and see that the lord is good right that's what you eat you eat him if you eat him what are you gonna be you're gonna be him you're transforming so then he goes into a chrysalis which he makes himself and his whole little body just turns to juice. He digests himself. Now, the Bible is very clear. He says, pick up your cross and follow me. And then he says um, that you're, you die on your cross. I am dead to myself, but I'm alive in Christ. This is the whole picture. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. And so this little teensy what we call it a caterpillar, is showing all mankind the beauty and the glory of what it really means to be born again, born from above, that we're dead to ourselves. The old man dies and put on Christ, put on the new man. That's just, that's awake. Awake, awake, oh sleeper. Awake to who you are. Awake. Awaken 
to the new life in Christ. Awaken to the spirit of the living God in you. Be alive in Christ. I'm no more mine, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of, not the faith in the Son of God, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's in you. It's his faith in you. When Jesus ascended and went back to heaven and he looked at his disciples and he said, don't worry about it. If I don't go, the comforter can't come. (laughs) One Jesus went back into heaven. The comforter came in all. So now the witness of God doesn't, it isn't a physical thing that we have to go hither and yon and spread the good news and such. We are the good news. We are. Our love transforms the world. The world is our, it's our mission, but it's not our home. We are kingdom dwellers, but the kingdom isn't out there somewhere. The kingdom is within, so said Jesus. The kingdom is within you. And as Jesus is, so are we in this present world. What does that mean? What does that mean? So this is a teaching. And I hope you gather it in because as you do, that teaching becomes your crystallis. You simply go within the knowing. Go within. It's all in you. There's an imaginal cell in you That's him. Go within and you will find that he's always been there. No one lives apart from the breath of God. God breathed into Adam, mankind. Adam, the word, is a Hebrew word. It means mankind. God didn't breathe into just one person, Adam. He breathed into mankind, the breath of life. And mankind became a living soul. Get that one in your spirit. And so part two of this meditation will be the actual meditation. We are going to meditate upon these things of which I have shared with you today. Just that you will know that you have transformed. You might be sitting on a branch right now with wet wings. But fear not. The wind of God blows over you gently. As the wind blows, you cannot tell from whence it comes or whither it goes, but so it is with everyone that is born from above. Your wings will dry and you will take flight. Stay tuned for part two. friends, this is the meditation for Up, Up, and Away. We want to find ourselves a comfortable place. I'm going to suggest that you either lie down or you sit without your back being supported by anything. It might work best on a floor. 
once you've found that. You can go back to Meditation 125 and 126. They both are going to deal with the posture. But it is very important that your body's alignment is correct. Therefore, your energy flows freely. It will give you a perfect balance with gravity. It'll be effortless sitting. It will free your mind from extraneous thoughts. And it will bring your mind into a more expansive place to see yourself as more than a physical entity separate from the rest of the world. It will show you a greater reality of who you are because all the extraneous things and all the tensions and the worries are not present in a correct meditation posture. So, assuming you're sitting <clears throat> either cross-legged or what, whatever is comfortable for you. However, we do want to include enough pillows to raise our, health, our hips and pelvis above our knees. This facilitates our balance so that it is not an effort. In fact, it would be effortless. You will pro project your pelvis a bit forward, and yet your knees will be lower. This will all happen when you get the correct height on the pillows. Okay? And you might have to pause here and take some time to make those adjustments. It will be worth it. Then, I like to take three cleansing breaths. <sighs> Just find yourself relaxing, letting, letting go. Just breathe in three times. I'm going to do a little body scan from head to toe. And tell yourself by part, name, to relax and to go deeper. So head and shoulders, relax and go deeper into relaxation. And do that all the way through your body. Put it on pause and just go ahead. Now... As you come back, you should be in a very relaxed state, very balanced, very effortless. Remember, if a thought comes, let it come. Look at it. Is it necessary? Then if it is, stay with the thought and observe it. Your observation changes the thought. It will change according to the peace that you are sitting in right now. Then we can ponder, bring to the front of your mind who you are in Christ. That Christ is in you, as you. What does that mean for you? And just Maybe just going back to some of our earlier meditations, 
Begin by seeing the words scroll across your mind. Christ in me is my hope of glory. Christ in me is my hope of glory. And see that for a few moments. Continue breathing. Put your attention equally on the breath as much as on the words that are scrolling across the marquee of your mind. Allow your mind to expand to greater thoughts, revelations of who you are indeed. Allow the imagination of the mind to be free to work and see what good and wonderful work the Lord has done in you. Truly, he will reveal to you who you are, your identity. It's all wrapped up in him. He is holy, he is perfect, he is lovely, he is just, he is love. God is love. Therefore, so are you. And just allow Christ in me is my hope of glory. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. Keep breathing. blessings my friend when you come to the end of your meditation however long you have determined and always end with thankfulness and gratefulness let your heart be absolutely filled with thankfulness for who you are thankful for the God in you as you thankful and full of gratefulness and feel feel the enormous amount of thankfulness rising up within it's an energy and you can feel it and let this energy of love and identity and as you personify yourself in the image of Christ Carry it with you this day till we meet again.